podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to the Snooker Scene Podcast. I'm Dave Hendon. This podcast usually comes out every Tuesday. I'm bringing this one forward. It's the day of the German Masters final. I'm here in Berlin. Just a few days ago, I sat down with Anthony Hamilton who's a fascinating character, been on the tour since 1991. Now, as you'll know, if you're listening to this uh, today, he's in the final. He's playing Ali Carter in the final, and he talks a lot in the podcast about the fact that he, up to press, has not won a ranking event. He's lost in two finals. He talks about how that feels. So I thought, if I waited until after the final, it'll all be a little bit out of date. It might be a chance to learn more about Anthony as he takes on Ali in uh, a huge match today, here in Berlin. Probably the biggest match of his career, really, although he's been in two finals. When you consider the amount of time he spent on tour, the fact that chances uh, are getting fewer for him to win a title, and indeed the atmosphere he's going to play in, and he's got his parents here as well, this is a huge deal. So uh, settle back and listen to my podcast with the Sheriff of Pottingham himself, Anthony Hamilton. Anthony, how did you get into snooker? What was your introduction to the game? Uh, it was um, weird because I never even watched it, liked it. None of the family liked it, knew anything about it. So um, I was all, all football at 13, 14. I broke my, well, I damaged my foot and I couldn't play for six months. So um, on Saturday, my next door neighbour said, do you want to come down? To, I'll just go into the snooker club, the snooker hall it was. Mm. Proper, proper snooker hall, you know, with all the, all the dossers and stuff. <laughs> it's great. So I went in there. And um, with him, I thought, why not? And um, I was, believe it or not, I played 24 the first frame. I had three reds, three blacks. Yeah. We had a six-foot pool table at home and stuff, but nothing serious. And then uh, I just I just got addicted to it almost immediately on that first day. You know, I just I went the next week, week after, and then that was it. Football was gone, and I was just interested in the snooker. Why do you think that was? What, I mean, it's sort of the million-dollar question for a lot of people, but why did you become so fascinated? Well, we've got those sort of brains, you know, like, uh, I think a lot of snooker players will tell you, I'm guessing, but, like, they're the probably kids that spent a lot of time on their own, you know, doing their own games, you know, they do those dice games and stuff for hours on end. Mm. I used to go out a lot, play football, but I used to be able to do that as well. I still can, like, on the PlayStation and stuff. Mm. I can do it for hours. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So we've got that... Repetitive. We should work in a factory, on a factory line, really, because you could just boosh, just do that for hours. And um, and snooker's if you get if you get good at snooker early doors, it's so you can see the improvements coming every week, and mm. it's addictive. Then, mm. do you know what I mean? I, I made a century after about eleven months, and um, my dad bought a full size snooker table, put it in the garage, without me knowing. I came back from holiday, it was there, it was uh, and that was it. Bang, just on it, like, staying up. Till like two in the morning on school nights without my folks knowing they were going to bed thinking I was in bed and mm. I was still playing, you know, the classic mm. where you just don't do anything else, mm. just play snooker. And we're talking, this is like the boom years, isn't it? So it's all the telly as well, so you were getting into watching as well, I guess, and also there would have been quite a thriving sort of scene as well for you to play in, oh, junior scene. Yeah, was, the junior scene was uh, was was like the, the amateur scene, it was just... Uh, the, well, the local uh, scene, you start off local, locally, don't you, with your, your club and your then leagues and stuff like that, and you learn, learn how to lose and you learn how to feel pressure. Then you like start fantasies to do a bit of travelling and uh, playing the junior ones, and you get pumped. Mm-hmm. First seven or eight, you get pumped first match, but you, you sort of like the setup. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, and then um, so the juniors were good. And at 16, I said to my dad, uh, I thought he'd say no. I said, I, said, uh, I feel like I'm going to want to play full time. I thought he was just going to say, no, just go to university, which I would say mm. if I was a dad. <laughs> but he said, no, you could do it. He said, I think you should do it. You try it. Because you can go back to university when you've 
if, if it doesn't work out. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, when you're 18, 20 or something. And that was it, bang. I was just playing, getting up at nine and go to work till ten, finishing it at seven, just improving all the time, playing in tournaments. And uh, then you start winning a few tournaments, a few junior ones, and um, you get you get the bug. Mm. That's it. That, that's just it. And then the amateur game was, was mad strong mm. then. So we had... No, no word of a lie. We had uh, a choice of of a hundred tournaments a year. Mm. You know what I mean? Like fifty w- weeks a year, and you had to miss one to go to another one. <laughs> you had to miss one that was one hundred twenty eight players to mm. go to another one which was one hundred twenty eight players. And it you... kind of was like going to university for a snooker player, wasn't yeah, it? In a way, yeah, yeah. Because you're playing all the time yeah. and getting better all the time. And you're getting beat. Yeah, that's the thing. You're getting yeah. beat. You're getting up at, se- at five. To go up, to drive down to South London, to get pumped 3-0. Mm. And if you still want to do it on the Sunday and then the next weekend, then you know you're a snooker player. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So you get beat and the disappointments are way outweigh their, their, their good times. Mm. But the good times are good enough to, to make it worthwhile. Mm. So you turned pro, um, I think it was the first year the game actually went open, yeah. 91. Yeah. What was that like? Because it was, it was pre-Norbrek. That's it. I mean, a lot of people think the Norbrek was the start of that, but yeah. it was actually pre that. It was in clubs, wasn't it? Yeah, with three clubs. Old shot Sheffield and uh, ooh, what was the other one? I wasn't there much. Northwest somewhere. Bolton, Bolton. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So um, yeah, I qualified. I got I qualified for six out of those ten tournaments that we had, and then we had to go to Trenton Gardens mm. to then try and get a, a win against the, the the pro player that we had to draw, and that was that year. I might have been the second year. Can't remember. I can't remember. One of the years we had to go to Trenton Gardens. And it was either, I had three three chances, I got to the point where I had three chances to get a ranking point. Remember the old ranking yeah, points? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you didn't get a ranking point, you had to play another, mm. like, hundred matches <laughs> the next season. If you won that one match, so mm. that was the most pressure you've ever And I remember beating Nigel Bond. I had three chances, I'd, I beat Nigel Bond, my practice partner at the time. And that was it. I was, like, ranked, what, 80-odd in the world mm. then. And, and, you know, be like, then you were off and running. Mm. But it's too, see, to a lot of people, certainly back then, being a snooker pro was playing on the telly at the Masters or the World Championship. But, of course, there's so many matches that people, pre-internet as well, there's no cue yeah. tracker or anything like that. Yeah. Nobody knew anything about it, but you had to sort of, again, learn your trade. Yeah, of course. You, you, uh, the North break. I mean, what did Ronnie win? 80-odd? 70-something, uh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like, so you were there for, like, two months, three months mm. in, the, in, the, in January. It was hideous. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't be allowed. He, was hideous. he went out to your car, and it was just you couldn't see any car. It was all brown from mm. the sand. You know, what I mean? it was a horrific place. <laughs> if you had to go back now, you would literally go mad. But because you're 20, mm. you could do it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, yeah, you're playing every day, mm. so you're so sharp. It's crazy how sharp you were. You know, you're playing 60 matches a year without even like doing well. Mm. You know. Mm. But uh, did you feel like a, a pro though? Because like I say. The sort of holy grail is to be seen, I guess, be on the telly, be in the big tournaments. But you don't start there, do you? You have to start yeah. right at the bottom. Yeah, you start at the bottom. You don't you don't feel like a pro, really, because I didn't think about it at the time. But looking back, you're playing against all your peers that were on the amateur game. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that was harder than the than the pro game mm. uh, uh, for the first few matches, mm. to be honest. So you were just playing in fancy programs in a way. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And then, mm. so having to win four or five matches in every tournament in, against everyone that you know, you knew like for years, uh, great players. Mm. You know, Dave Arnold, Ebden, mm. me, uh, Clark Heath. There's loads mm. of them. There's thousands of them. Great players. And then when you get on the TV, that, that's when you realise that you that you you're a pro. I played mm. McManus. He was like semi-final king right then, wasn't he? He was yeah. my age, but yeah, he had yeah, yeah. been in 50 semi-finals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, 
But in the hexagon, the uh, first time on TV, I lost five two. I couldn't breathe. I loved it. Mm. I was going to say, what was it? So, what was it like? The anticipation, because obviously you would know. I guess a few days before when you're playing, and I mean, family down and all that, all the rest of it. Was it was it a, a really nerve wracking affair? Yeah, it was. It was. It was more like weird because mm. the cameras put you off. Yeah. I think every player said, told you that the cameras put you off. You're like, all you can see. You can't, you can't see the cameras as such. You just see the people behind them watching, watching you thinking, mm. I missed this shot. What's everybody going to say? <laughs> and they're still thinking, saying mm. that, you know. Mm. Uh, so you couldn't even concentrate. You were just having to get two frames on the board. I was mm. like, whew, mm. glad I've like, just got that over and done with. Mm. Uh, family were down, just my mum and dad. You know what I'm like. It's all, it was all like, low-key and that. Um, but it's just great days. Great mm. days. And the circuit, the pro, the, the pro circuit then was full of mums and dads and people that from the amateur game. Mm. They, they all grew up together. So your mum and dad came as a social thing as well as watching you. Mm. So it was brilliant for them. They mm. wanted to go to every tournament. Mm. You know, and every time you won, it was brilliant. They could have another day uh, at the venue talking rubbish with their mates. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. While we did all the practice. Yeah. But it's also, uh, in terms of back then, the circuit, obviously a lot, of, a lot of new players coming in, but you still had the sort of legends who you'd watched on the TV. They were still all pretty much going strong, a lot of them declining. But yeah. you were su- suddenly you were rubbing shoulders with these sort of guys. What was that like? Yeah, it was funny, uh, weird playing the nug. I was mm. thinking I was 15 nil down to him before, before I even realised that I, mm. I had to start playing. Mm. Last five nil, five nil, five, I was watching him. Mm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's real. I, mean, I, I remember playing Hendry when he was, this was about 92, mm. 93, so he was at the top of his game. I looked at his shoes, he had silver, silver on the bottom of his shoes, and, uh, he looked like a million dollars, and I'm thinking, I can't be that. How can I be that? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's walking around like a racehorse. Yeah, 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 yeah. So was there a specific moment where you thought, OK, I'm making a breakthrough here, or was it a gradual improvement? Gradual for me, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was gradual. Gradual, it was the same in the, in the amateur game, it was, gra- it was gradual for me. Uh, with the last year, before Turn Pro, I was probably the best amateur around, but, but it took me that long to get to there. Do you know what I mean? With Ebden, was like uh, God at the start mm. and stuff. So just gradual, but you, you, um, yeah, I always enjoyed those big matches. They're still my favourite matches, playing Hendry and Davis and not being able to breathe. And like, you know, you, you actually could have beaten them, but you understand it to beat them. But, but, uh, you, we, it's different now. We used to, we used to like admire them so much. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. and you wouldn't see them. Mm. There's no, you're yeah. not playing in, you know, when you saw them, it was like on the TV, yeah. bang, there he is, yeah. look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you like, you know what I mean, they had that uh, uh, yeah. on you, that's gone now, isn't it? Mm. So, um, mm. uh, it was hard to get over the, I remember finally beating Steve, Steve Davis and I beat Henry once, uh, a couple of times, and, uh, I remember against Steve just thinking, well, that's enough, just play now, <laughs> just concentrate, come on, because, mm. you know, you're a good player, come on, mm. you win this match, he's mm. not, he's not playing well. Mm. And then you were, that's it, then you could play against anyone. What about the, the Crucible? I mean, obviously, you, you grew up quite close to it, really, geographically, yeah. but uh, did, had you been to watch there before you played no, there? No. So the first time you were there, you, you were playing. What was that like? Yeah, brilliant. Playing mm. Nigel, my practice partner. I was 5 0 down. I was like that. All I could think was, uh, who's got B10 now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like that. I don't think anyone has. I remember mm. Eddie getting B10-1 and Davis got B10-1. I'm like that. I don't think anyone's ever got B10-0. Eddie Charlton did, actually. Did oh, he? John Parrott, yeah. Right, yeah. there you go. He's the only one, yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. I'm going to be brand, I'm going to set a record, mm. the most terrific record ever. Mm. But I won a fail, and I was it, loving life. Uh, mm. I think I ended up losing 10-5, but um, couldn't breathe. Mm. Best day of your life. 
Did you get the whole thing about how claustrophobic it was? Because yeah. everyone's even going to watch people say, oh, I just can't believe how small it is. Yeah. And uh, uh, when you're in your seat, it's a lot smaller. Like, uh, uh, you know, like you've got the ref and the other player, and you've got, uh, there's like a dance, isn't there? Like, yeah. everyone's going to get. It's tough playing someone the first time because they don't know what, uh, the, the clock wise or the anti-clockwise way mm-hmm. that you've got to come back from the table. Sure. Do you know what I mean? So you're, you're sort of almost going, like, you know, you go around that way. Mm. Uh, once you get involved, once you get uh, into the, the swing at Sheffield, you like it. Uh, you don't love it because mm. it's, it's too nerve-wracking. Mm. But you love it because it's like that. You know, it's a, it's a sadistic love. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> even now, if I, if I qualified again, I know I know that I wouldn't have to breathe. Uh, but I'd like it. What about the the opposite, I guess, the Crucible is the Wembley Conference Centre, which was the, the home of the Masters for many years. That was a, a vast place, wasn't it? You know, it was a mo- yeah. like a mile to get back to your seat. What, oh, what was it like playing there? Loved it. Mm. Fantastic. You know, you felt like... Uh, like uh, a tennis player, a golfer, you'd be looked after properly. There was women walking around offering you fags and <laughs> drinks, and they were hot. And you're like, "What is this? This is ace!" And uh, you're playing for loads of doubt. Mm. And uh, there's uh, you're staying at the, the Hilton next door. It's just different class. Mm. I got to the sevens one year as well. It was diff- it was fantastic. And uh, the size of the of the venue too. I, mean, I liked it because you could breathe. You know what I mean? Like crucible's a bit like like you said uh, uh, claustrophobic this was more you could just get out and like you could walk about and like the nerves would go a little bit I played Drago and uh, I realised within a frame that I couldn't make it back to my chair before he played safe <laughs> so I just don't stand off way yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so because so, being in the Masters you're in the top 16 so you got you got yourself in the top 16 from when the game went open there's over like 500 people so that's an achievement in itself were you one of those players who when you got in the 16 you thought right I've made it now or was it a case of right I must make sure I stay in and you're sort of looking over your shoulder oh. mm. I remember thinking getting to number 10 uh, and then looking at the ranking list right and the ranking list was strong mm. then the worst player above me was Stephen Lee Mm. And then Ken was strong. I remember looking at uh, looking above me and thinking, and I remember going through them individually, going, oh, "Do I think I can be better than them?" And I end up going like that. No, ten's where it should be. You know, Hendry, Davis, yeah. Parrott, yeah. like uh, uh, Doherty. Because mm. it was a kind of crossover period, wasn't it? You still had the, the Davises yeah. and the Parrots and, and, and the Jimmy Wallace, yeah. but you also had like the, the I guess people like Stephen Hunter were coming through. Stephen Lee you mentioned. Yeah. So it's sort of clash of two eras that you found yourself in. Yeah. Uh, well, two or three eras, eras really. Mm. Yeah, there, there was there was there was our lot, Ebden, mm. uh, me, Clarky just before Gary outside. Mm. All them machines, mm. absolute machine mm. players. You know, like the forgotten more than most players mm. now. And then we, and then there's and then the Hunter and Stevens. Mm. And then since then, there hasn't been a uh, uh, there hasn't been a batch. Mm. There's been trickles, haven't there? But mm. that's the last good batch. Mm. Well, eventually you, you reach your first final uh, British Open in Plymouth. 999 against Fergal O'Brien. Started with two centuries, you know, it looked like he could run away with it. And then he, I remember he won all the close frames. Yeah, so he yeah, won yeah. five on the black or yeah. something. And eventually he won. What, what are your memories of that day? Yeah, he just played fantastic, I mm. thought. I was close frame uh, when uh, he was putting long ones and playing all the great shots. And I was, I felt like I was making 80 every time I got in. Uh, I loved it. Uh, um, they, they were gutted that it was me and him in the final. You could tell it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You could tell it was Sky at the time. They were absolutely distraught. But it was a good final. So yeah, it was. And they ended up being really passionate at the end going, oh, we were so happy that you both played well. Well, we know you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
But what, I mean, what was were you? I remember thinking a lot of yeah. winning the Masters, and I'm missing it. That's what I remember right. thinking. My favourite golfer. Yeah. So I was a bit gutted. Believe <laughs> 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 really, like, it or not, he won his first Masters. Mm. So that was tell you what it was. Two, 99, uh, 99. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. I played. I made two tons, like you said, and played Fogel, uh, who I got to know well mm. afterwards. But um, did you say that? Because I guess. There wouldn't have been much between you. You probably would have been favourite going in. It's not like you're playing Hendry, you know, where he's a heavy favourite. Did yeah. you feel actually this is a big chance here to win a big tournament? I wasn't thinking anything. I was no. just in a final. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, cause, because the whole week was blue. I, 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 it was the hardest draw you've ever seen. It was mad to draw. It was like Hunter, Fug, yeah. Davis, uh, uh, Hendry, uh, Williams. I was like that. All I've got to beat is Ronnie and John because they were in the other <laughs> corners, so, mm. but they got both got beat. So. Um, it was, uh, it was a bit of a mad week. Uh, I didn't think anything. I just played. Do you know what I mean? And mm. then uh, I was happy. Uh, looking back, I, I should have been gutted. You mm. know, being, but I was happy that I mm. uh, just enjoyed the day. Because mm. it's a big do. Mm. You're in a final. Like, yeah. everyone's watching you. Yeah. It's different. Mm. There's no one else. You know, if you've gone, you can't just think to yourself, no, watch that semi-final. You know what I mean? Like, mm. you know, yeah. watching you. Yeah, yeah. So what about the, the, the next final, uh, two, 2002 China Open? against Mark Williams I remember I mean that was in Shanghai wasn't it I remember because you were 8-5 up and he'd won 9-8 and you said afterwards you know I should have won that I mean you yeah, felt that you should have won that I did choke yeah mm. couldn't believe how nervous I got mm. couldn't breathe couldn't swallow nothing, yeah. everything went uh, I remember going 7-5 at the interval and I was in my uh, I was in the uh, one of the rooms in China with my mate Nick Walker who used to be a mm. pro and he stayed on for the week and uh, I'm trying to talk to him but all I can think about is I've had a feel, I'm nervous that I am, you know, because I was playing so well. And then I played, I made a good break to go 8-5, and I had, I had a couple of half chances in the next two frames where I wasn't that nervous. And then as soon as it went 8-7, bang, I was gone. Mm. I was like, double vision, I couldn't see, I couldn't see, I was panicking, I was like, oh my God, I might, I might not win. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, cause I'd been the boss all day. Mm. And, um, yeah, looking back, I enjoyed how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if I'd been on drugs, mad. <laughs> <laughs> but you've always kind of been one to, you know, you make light of these things, but that would have been a big deal to win that, wouldn't it? I mean, do you, do you sort of think about it often, or have you managed to let it go? Let it go immediately, because right. Nick said to me, what we're doing, we're going to, uh, we're going to uh, Koh Panyang right. from here. Because mm. you could see I was suicidal, mm. you know what I mean, like... And we, we were big travelling mates. We used to do, snooker was not everything for us. You know, yeah. we used to do loads of stuff. Mm. And, he, and he knew I was absolutely devast- I was devastated mm. in the pub afterwards. And uh, he was like, right, tomorrow we're getting up and we're going to Copenhagen for a week because we've got a week off mm. and we're just going to get pissed. Mm. And forget about it. And I forgot about it. Mm. I did forget about it. Until mm. I just brought it up again, <laughs> 15 years on, whatever it is. Yeah. He's still one of my f- two, three or four favourite members of snooker. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I loved, I loved it. I didn't miss. Mm. I couldn't miss. I was making eighty every single poker like seventy. Every time Mark, Mark lost, that was he was one one maybe I think at the time. Yeah. Every time he missed, I was punishing him. I was the best player, mm. best player there by by mile. And um, I just twitched and uh, and, I, and I, I can honestly say that it was that much for me that that if it, I was in that same position now, I might do the same thing again. Right. You know what I mean? Because mm. you know you're like, oh, that was mm. I couldn't deal with it. Mm. You're often people often say about you. You're, it's kind of like a real backhanded compliment that you're the best player not to win a ranking event. 
Yeah. Have you thought about that? Do you think you should have won one? I mean, do you, is that how players think about it? Ryan Day, I guess he's another player in that position who's been in finals and hasn't quite yeah. yet won one. No, I, I actually sh- obviously should have won that China one. But I'll tell you, all my best years when I was playing great, I kept, kept getting get beat by Hendry mm-hmm. in great matches, mm-hmm. in the quarters, in the last 16, in the quarters, in the semi, in the quarters. Mm-hmm. For about five or six years, I lost to him about 11 times, and uh, I didn't miss a ball. I was playing better than I personally thought I was playing better than anyone else in the tournament apart from him. I was making under every poke, mm. and I just kept getting beat by him. And then when I do have some good draws, I twitched because of that. And then, for you know, for you know, the years just seemed to like you yeah. like. Uh, I started off every season just assuming I was going to win a tournament because mm. I was good. Pra- I was I was I I thought I was the best in the world in practice. If someone was better then I'd like to have seen it because it was, I just never used to miss for like for years, you know what I mean? So I was just assumed that I'd win to- at least one tournament. I thought I'd win more than one, mm. do you know what I mean? And then that year went, and then that next year went, and before you know, you're like, you're like actually, <laughs> I'm after to pray. I don't think I'm going to win one now. Mm. Do you know what you like? And then, um, so I forgot, I stopped thinking about winning one years back because mm. uh, it doesn't do you any good. Uh, I was just, uh, but I don't feel like I've... Uh, Missed out because you know I wouldn't be that proud if I won one now. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's the pathetic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. But you won, saw though what it, I in, won five. Yeah, but having said that though, you saw in Belfast what it meant to Mark King. It was it was came through the same time as you. Yeah. After 25 years, you know, you could see that it actually meant a lot to him. It means a lot. Yeah. It means a lot um, <clears throat> because he wants to win it for his dad as well, and he's put all the hard work in and that. But uh, my, I tell my mum and dad uh, all the time what I think about him, so n- nothing needs to mm. be. Nothing needs to be set right. Nothing needs to. They don't want anything other than me just enjoying myself and playing hard and that. So uh, I'd still be if if I won one, I'd be happy. But then in another year, I'd still be like you're still pathetic when I won one ranking tournament. Do you know what I mean? Like right. it's not it's not great. Right. It's not a good career. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Well, around this time, it also you had a setback because you broke your wrist, and the story at the time was that. You're out somewhere in London, and someone was being mugged, and you kind of intervened. What, what was the kind well, of story? We were hammered. Right. It was Stoke Newington, right. about four in the morning. Yeah. And my mate, my mate, well, I was a friend of a friend. He, he got, we, were, we were looking for a taxi, and he got 200 quid out of the hole in the wall and just waved it in the air like an idiot. I'm like, what are you? Three. <laughs> and this taxi driver, uh, little guy, just had it, bang. I, I, like, it was then started running towards me, and I was like, one of them, he was quick. Mm. And I sort of jumped on him, and um, I had him for a few seconds. Uh, but you're hammered, like you can't, you've got no chance, have you? And I must have gone down a bit funny when I when I sort of half had him, and um, and then about so drunk I didn't feel it for about an hour, to, hour or two until right. I got home, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to be really painful then. Mm. But it was a knockback, wasn't it? Because you missed a few tournaments, yeah. and obviously then your ranking gets affected and so on. Yeah, I dropped out of the dream really mm. because of that. A lot. I missed uh, the next tournament, whenever it was. I missed the UK. I played in the UK. I played Dominic, but uh, I couldn't play. Uh, I lost 9-0. And then, uh, so I missed three tournaments. Mm. Out of ten, is a lot, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, dropped out of 16. And, uh, mm. But uh, that was the time, fully enough, that, that I was at my best. I was at my best, like, mm. in practice, when I was out in 16, when I first moved to Ilford for those four, first four or five years. I was just making, like... 15 tons a day mm. just ridiculously yeah. good yeah. you know what I mean like so it was, it was after I dropped out of 16 that I was playing my best mm. um, so I was you know I think the ranking list does sometimes uh, lie a little bit you mm. know I was uh, 
I got back into the 16 as well eventually. Hmm. You know, like when the people really weren't doing that that much, I think Stephen Lee was the first maybe. Like, the thing is, you had to wait a whole year, didn't you? The point is not like now every tournament it gets chipped the ranking list just changed. Yeah. Back then, even if you won the, like the first tournament of the season, you had to wait in, like nine months to yeah. be rewarded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there was good and bad about both. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like it's like the tennis now, isn't it? It's a bit harsh. Mm. Like Josh, which wins every tournament, and then and then like has to win him again the next mm. year, mm. otherwise he's dropping points. Mm. Problem like that. Come on, it's mm. <laughs> a bit too harsh. Mm. It becomes the middle ground. Mm. There's no middle ground there, is there? Yeah. Well, let's talk about your nickname, which is always kind of a source of great amusement. It's, it's, it's quite a clever one, the Sheriff of Pottingham, but it's one of those when you break it down, it's, it's kind of kind of ridiculous, really. Well, d- uh, you're not actually a sheriff, and there's nowhere called Pottingham. Alan Hughes won't be happy because he, he started off the Robin Hood Snake yeah. one. Yeah. Which was, uh, I liked. Mm. I liked, you know, you've got no choice of you, but. Uh, and then, but they, but obviously you lot in the press room thought, what, what, Pottingham, Nottingham, yeah, that'll mm. do, Sheriff Pottingham, and that stuck, you know. Um, uh, it's better than Swampy, it's Swampy for a while, yeah, yeah. Danny, it, 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 yeah, yeah. Remember that. <laughs> I do, well, a lot of people listening won't remember who Swampy was, he was basically a guy who was an anti-road protester, yeah. and sort of lived in a tunnel for a while, yeah. and he was, became a celebrity for about a month, he was like on the news, he was on Have I Got News For You, and all sorts of programmes, and so one of the journalists sort of liking you to him, which yeah. wasn't exactly a compliment. Well, I, I didn't care. No, you didn't care. Dad was good. Your dad was nappy, was he? No. Yeah. yeah, I remember him stormed into the press room, yeah. didn't he? And, uh, Who's like, done this? Every <laughs> head went down. Not me. Not, nothing to do with me. <laughs> it was all those sponsors that were, that were lining up to yeah. not sponsor me yeah. that might not have sponsored me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. never happened anyway, did it? <laughs> well, let's talk, let's talk, because you, you, you've, sort of, you've been pulled up, I think, by Will Snooker about your your uh, clothes and your appearance b- before, is that...? Is that uh, shoes, I, I got yeah. pulled up with four ones, they, yeah. weren't, they weren't clean enough, and a bow tie, because I used to have that silly bow tie, mm. I'm a bit better now. Uh, but also, um, that was it, really. Um, but you're not, because some players, they'll, they'll wear their fancy shoes, won't they, and make a point of it, you're not one, you're not one of those, are you? No, I, no. I, I don't want to feel like, because uh, I'm actually not that scruffy when I'm no. away from the table, uh, I don't like to feel like I'm too pristine. Mm. And then I'm trying to keep everything pristine. I just want to go out and work. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, just be, just be like. I don't care what I look like mm. uh, on uh, in the snooker uh, suit, really. Some some of the new kids are all like you know, pinstripe mm. trousers and stuff, aren't they? I'm part like thirty like that. Well, they were great. <laughs> <laughs> As you get in beat, yeah. yeah. What, what's it like being a snooker pro? What's it like? I mean, there must have been particularly when you were top sixteen, you know, in Tesco or wherever you are, and someone comes up to you and recognises you. What's that like? Yeah, everyone's nice. Mm. You know, most people are nice to you. A few people are uh, uh, idiots when you're drunk, when, when you're getting drunk and stuff. And you learn to keep your mouth shut because I'm, I'm quite dry and like mm. uh, and uh, gobby. Mm. I used to like you know say something back to him. I've been I've had a couple of hits and stuff, you know. <laughs> so then you realise it's lose lose. You, mm. you know, so it's generally great. I think uh, it's not like football where they're passionate mm. either for you or against you. They're, just, they're almost like they quite admire what your skill. And what can they? What can they say? What can they say? Oh, you got a rubbish correction. Like, <laughs> like oh, I want to sleep for half a week. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. they're always they're always nice. Mm. And I've had just enough of of um, uh, to not be too mad or stuff. You know, just mm. uh, I remember having a few girlfriends. I didn't really tell that that I was a snooker player. I, I didn't mention it. Mm. 
and that they like you seem to know everyone in the, not, when we're not even even in your home area. <laughs> you know what I mean, like that. Oh, I'm so popular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got they a bottle of, of vodka once given me, like oh. in a bar, and, I, and she was like, "Ah, well, this is great. What's happening here?" <laughs> <laughs> what about in terms of like your relationship with the other players? Because you've seen a lot of players sort of come and go over the years. Some players will spend all their time with other players, and some. Don't want to know. But are you, are you? I guess you're sort of middle ground. I'm you? middle ground. I keep to my own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, the, my own's getting less. Like mm. now, like McCulloch's gone and mm. uh, Nick Walker's gone and and uh, Barry Pinter's gone mm. and Dave Owen. These sort of people that have gone. The, the normal people. There's plenty. There's, mm. there's plenty of them about. You know mm. what I mean? Like there's there's there's, there's, there's less than there used to be. Mm. Just the normal people. You know, like uh, the non-snooker players. Mm. You know, the last thing they're going to talk about is snooker mm. people. Mm. You know. So are you, are you are you one that you won't necessarily watch snooker between tournaments, or if, if you've been knocked out? Or do you... No, I do watch it. Mm. Yeah, because um, I don't know why. As I get older, I feel like I'm getting more of a fan. It's mad, right. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I've, I've got more knowledge and a few more opinions on the right shot, the wrong shot, the other. So mm. I watch it and I'm just get hooked, and I and I, and I end up like forgetting how tough it is. Mm. <laughs> well, what are you doing there? Mm. You know. Um, but no, I watch it, and I watch finals, of course, because mm. uh, that's where the, the real twitching goes off. And mm. I, I like to see people twitch. Mm. I like to see the pressure. I like to see someone, you know, Mark Selby's finals recently, mm. fantastic on the pressure. Just, you know, the admiration mm. like, of that, because I know how hard it is. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's, so I like to um, watch it and wish, yeah, I wish I was there one, uh, again once and stuff, and... Uh, I, and just admire the great players and how they how good they are under pressure and stuff, mm. you know, because uh, for me it doesn't go unnoticed. It's, mm. you know, I've got a lot of admiration for them. You've had, um, you've slipped down the rankings a little in recent years, but you've had back and shoulder trouble. What, what's been the, the problem? What's the spine? There? It's right. spinal damage, bones mm. of the, I think a lot of players would get them, like most, peop- most people in, in, uh, uh, in their 60s and stuff, when they were working in office, they get it on the front because they've been looking down for 40 years. Well, we've been looking up, so mm. the, the spine, uh, it, it sort of grinds against each other and, and the bones are worn down, the cartilage is dehydrated in between. Uh, this was 10 years ago now. Mm. I went to, the, hard, hard, to uh, Harley Street and uh, he said, you're not totally effed, but... But you're not long, mm. you know what I mean? Like, you're not that long. Mm. He said, it won't get any better. Uh, you, could do, you could do stretches and stuff like mm. that. And, um, but so it affects, like, all your back and your muscles, your neck. They, they, they obviously know that that damage is there, and mm. they're just try, always trying to protect it. Like, so going into spasm all the time. Mm. And you get one uh, at the bottom right of your back. It ends up, the day after, on the left-hand side, everything's connected, I mm. realised. Uh, I know all the muscle groups now and stuff, you know, so everything's connected. I mean, before I came out here, uh, I had to have two days off because I had two twinges and then the next day I couldn't, I couldn't look up uh, mm. properly. So uh, you'd have to read the signs, you know, I can just do a bit practice. Mm. I can never get down properly, do you know what I mean? Mm. So sometimes under pressure, I'll miss some easy balls. I'm like, I definitely wouldn't have missed that 10 years back because, mm. because you could just force yourself down to the shot properly. Mm. But um, I decided that if I was going to keep on playing, that I'd have to improve my mental side of the game because I'm rubbish now because mm. of the because of the back. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm rubbish. I'll be honest. But but I'm a good trier mm. and a lot of experience, and that takes some beating. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're having a good season. I mean, obviously the highlight I guess so far has been semi-finals 
yeah. in Belfast. What, what was it like, you know, getting to the last weekend again, very nearly getting to the final? Uh, was was that did that sort of rekindle a few memories of when you were funny, top uh, sixteen player? It's funny. Uh, I got to the quarters of Manchester when I got to the semis mm. in. In, I'm going to make you smile here because of Belfast and I hated the ends of the tournaments because I liked the bit the bits before that right. the anonymous bits right. and then all of a sudden you like everyone's like mm. asking you questions <laughs> no 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 I'm like that no no mm. you know I'd rather it was before now yeah. you know like the snooker and then yeah. all of a sudden you've got to get involved in the show bit mm. which is alright you know but uh, I was just trying to keep it the same again like you know boring stuff one shot at a time no 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 um, it was good there mm. you know I enjoyed it because I, I played great against Barry yeah. felt great for the first time in about five or six years I felt great on the shot mm. I knew I was going to make 80, 80 every time I got in it's just a nice feeling to have that in, mm. in practice so it was nice to get it it's such a big match mm. and then I touched the white like an idiot yeah you but know? I mean again was that something that you just managed to sort of put to one side or, or after all these years when you got so close to a final was that, was that tough to take uh, it was tough to take about a month after I mm. realised what what was this. Yeah. But I was so happy with the, with, that, with the way I dealt with the being five three down at the time and played great and mm. you know um, I thought to myself seriously like six weeks before that I had no money left in the bank mm. and I was like struggling I don't know what I was going to do for like the entry fees and all the stuff that and uh, I'm like how can you be gutted that six weeks later you've been to a quarters. Mm. Last sixteen, and now and now the semis. You you cannot, uh, you you're not allowed to be gutted. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's just folly, isn't it? Like mm. six weeks before, you were on the you were on the floor. Mm. So you'd be stupid to you'd be, you'd be, it'd just be stupidity to be to be uh, overly gutted. Mm. I was thinking I'm gonna I, I'll I'll get another chance because mm. I'm thinking well and well I'll do it I'll do it like after Christmas or something. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. What about the, the money in the game? I mean, obviously, the, there's more, much more tournaments, but there's more travelling, there's more expenses. Like you say, you've got to pay to enter tournaments, you've got to pay to get to tournaments, and all the expenses you incur when you're at them. How hard is that for a player who's not, you know, in the top four in the world? And there's a lot of players down the list who, who are struggling, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, most of the new ones have got sponsors, and the sponsors take two or three years before they realise that, that they're not going to get anything back. But there's obviously new sponsors for the new players because they're the new, they're the big fish in the small pond in their club. So that's all. Uh, uh, you got. I've got no chance of getting a sponsor. Do you know what I mean? Like because mm. uh, you're old and knackered. But like if you're new and rubbish, <laughs> then you. But, but the best in your club is whatever Folkestone or whatever. You know what I mean? You're going to get a sponsor. Aren't you? Right, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. So uh, there's plenty of sponsors, and there needs to be because it's. Uh, you know, what, what? Like, you'd have to be... I don't think anyone outside the top 50 is on more than minimum wage mm. after the expenses gone out. You know what I mean? Like, mm. minimum wage. Mm. And if you've got family and stuff, I don't see... It's hardly viable. Mm. For me, it's viable because I, 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 I've got no family, I've got no commitments and stuff, and um, I can live on 12 quid a day, if need, if need be, which I, I was doing, you know. Mm. So... Uh, you get by doing that, just. But still, at some point, you've got to earn some money to keep the business going. Mm. That's where I was at. Mm. But a lot of players are in the same boat, and um, that's why they don't enter everything. Mm. You know what I mean? It's and uh, and they're under stress uh, every match. It's. Um, uh, I'm not saying that uh, it shouldn't be like that. It's sort of it was always like that mm. a little bit in a way. It's just that the tournaments obviously cost more. 
to uh, don't get much help off the world snooker though anymore with the, with, the, with when it comes to hotels and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like the the old days, you could just book the hotel for a week, and then once you got beat, you just you just so oh, check it out. Mm. You can't do that anymore. Do you know what I mean? So you don't get any help for the World Snooker at all because there's no chance of you knowing how long you're going to be there for. To one, to one night or eight nights. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Belfast, it was costing me, at the end, uh, you know, like 300 quid a night because mm. there's, there's no room left. Mm. It's, it's ridiculous. Mm. There's no way that the golf or the tennis would let, would let that happen. They'd have some sort of thing going with the hotel or yeah. a hotel or hotels you know like uh, this is happening is it possible we could save these rooms there's only going to be X amount of players in sure. do you know what I mean you can, you can work it out can't you surely mm. it would help mm. but no everything's left to your own device now you've got to be clever book rooms to make sure that your book room is there that you know that you can like uh, check out before 12 and you don't get uh, charged the full fit you're doing all that mm. Doing after matches now is madness. Mm. We'll do it again in a minute. Mm. You know what I mean? But I get the feeling, despite all that, you still, you know, you're still very passionate about snooker. Aren't you yeah, you do it. still love it, and yeah. you know, you, you you've had reason maybe to to give it up with your with your back trouble and whatever, but but you haven't. You're still going. Yeah, I missed playing uh, well. I missed that because mm. uh, I play even when I play well, I feel rubbish all the time. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Every single shot, I feel absolutely rubbish all the time, but. And I miss the feeling of thinking I'm going to make 100 every time. But I've gained the, the like, tonight, today, winning, where I couldn't make 30 in my head. Uh, just digging in, you know, and thinking well, and uh, the mental side of that, and mm. just being, like, really humble out there, forgetting about what you, how you, well, you used to be able to play, and this is what you've got, and, like, can you win? And you can. Mm. It's madness. Like, mm. You don't have to play that well. Mm. If, if anything, it's an ageing tour now, a lot of... Yeah. Winners, finalists, semi-finalists are in their forties, but obviously no one can go on forever. Um, what, have you given any thought to if, if you have to have up your queue, what, what what the sort of future holds? Yeah, I think I'm going to do coaching. Okay. Yeah, start doing a bit when I was skint before in the club, and um, I didn't think I'd like it, you know, mm. uh, and I loved it. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it either. Mm. I quite, I, uh, like if someone was uh, once an hour. I'd be doing an hour and a half because I just wanted them to get this last thing, you know what I mean? So that obviously I've got the, mm. that bug of trying to help people. Mm. And I know all about the correction and, uh, uh, from the Frank Callan days, mm. you know what I mean? So I know all about the, the correction and what this does, what that does. And um, if I was going to do it seriously, you'd have to sit down and think about like your the ways you would do it. It's not, it's not good enough just to know everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like You have to be like... This I do it like this way with the kids, and this way with the if you did a pro or something, you'd have to sit down and properly think about it. You can't just go, oh, I was a pro, so I'm gonna know what. You got to get it across to the right personality and stuff. So I'll be interested in doing that. I'll be honest. You know what I mean? I'd like to do uh, coach pros. I'd like to coach kids. I'd like to coach anyone. Mm. You know, like, I think I could do a bit of everything, mm. and I'd always be right behind them. Mm. You know what I mean? And what do you do, finally, to sort of switch off from snooker? Because it's quite an intense game, it's quite an intense sport. What sort of things do you have going on where you can just forget about it? Well, I used to go to the pub all the time. <laughs> well, that's one way. <laughs> yeah, I used to go to the pub all the time with all my mates in London. Now they're all sodded off, like, around the world and stuff. So, um, given the chance to go to the pub, but I don't look after myself now. I just watch a lot of films, like a lot of films. Mm. Um, you know, I'm a bit of a film buff. And uh, I read a bit. And 
I watch sport, of course. I mean, I love sport. Mm. Like, I love some of the mad sports, though, that, that, that are on your channel. Right, That's yeah. the best channel. Yeah. By a mile. Oh, biathlon. I, <laughs> I love biathlon. Yeah. I love yeah, yeah. skiing. Yeah. I love... Uh, I went to biathlon properly. You know, mm. all these, these sports that, that no one knows about. It's a very tough sport because it's two ridiculous <laughs> things to combine. Ridiculous. Shooting and cross-country skiing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the more you, you miss, the more you've got to try and catch yeah. up than yeah. catch 22. Yeah. I love it. Mm. You know, you've got Bjorn Darlin still doing it at 42. It's mm. a fantastic sport. Cycling, that is my favourite mm. sport of all time. So I watch all three tours. Mm. I watch them properly, like, like every single day. Mm. You know what I mean? Like... Um, so I'm in sport, but not necessarily the fo- football that all the other players are into. You know mm. I mean, like it's more than football. Football's mm. like it's uh, played by like the worst people on the planet, isn't it? Let's be right. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Um, finally, 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 finally. Then you don't regret taking up snooker no, all those years ago. You're glad that you sort of found no. your way into the game. I haven't done a day's work. <laughs> I've not done a day's work right. since I left school. Mm. It's like cheating life, isn't it? Mm. And we worked hard, you know, but um, I worked hard, I worked, that's why the, the, the back went, but um, uh, it's good work, because you do it whenever you want to do it, yeah. and you get paid well sometimes, mm. and you've got great memories and you meet great people, mm. fantastic, mm. yeah. Good, well it's good to hear that, it's good to hear that you've enjoyed yourself, and let's hope that you uh, continue for many years to come. Yeah, here's Dave. Thanks a lot, Anthony. Cheers. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.